if you can. I'm going to be really quick. Please get the tape from the first service. It's an excellent sermon, but the Lord has his will to do, and I promise you I'm just following his lead. I promise I am. The word from the word. Lord, there's so much buildup that I, I did to this, but I feel like saying this first and then just giving you some points. Isaiah 54, verses 1 through 5. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. And strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations. And make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. The title for the message today is Lord Increase My Capacity. Lord Increase My Capacity. There is something that the Lord places in each of us there's a promise that he gives to each of us but there are times in our lives and I came for people today who feel as if there's been a delay between the promise and the performance of what God has said that God has given me a word over my life and he's given me a promise but there's seems to be a delay and I use uh, for another text Mark 9 14 through 29 it speaks of for, for time's sake it speaks of the man whose boy was mute had a deaf and dumb spirit Mark chapter 9 14 through 29 and so Jesus comes 
to this crowd. And he asked in verse 16, what are you arguing about with them? Someone from the crowd answers him and says, teacher, I brought my son to you for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out and they were not able. What happens when you bring something to someone who is a man of God and they are unable to fix your problem? Verse 19, and he answered, that is Jesus answered, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. Whenever you can't get a resolve or answer from a disciple of Jesus, bring it straight to Jesus. Verse 20, and they brought the boy to Jesus. And when the spirit saw Jesus, immediately it convulsed the boy and he fell on the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth. I want to say this. This is not one of my points, but it's something that resonated earlier. Whenever you pray about something and it gets worse, don't worry. Because it gets worse because you're about to get better. Okay, I'll say that again. It, whatever your problem, situation, circumstance, dysfunction, sin tendency, it gets worse. The closer you're getting to Jesus, it gets worse because you are about to get better. And so the enemy has to do whatever he can to distract you in order to defeat you. Because if you get to Jesus, everything changes. Yeah, so the spirit convulsed him and he fell on the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, Jesus did some investigative reporting. He said, "Um, how long has this been happening? Excuse me, that was the Jamal Watson version of the ESV. How long has this been happening? And the man said, from childhood. What, and I know this is a sensitive thing, but what in your childhood still has a hold of you in your present? What, oh boy, what have you gone through? Trauma, problems, issues, abandonment, rejection, shame, abuse. That is, the act is done, but the effects are still present. What got access to you at an early age? Who lied to you when you were young and said that you were ugly, that you were no good, that you would never make it? And so you're living out a painful prophecy that wasn't from God but from the enemy the man said from childhood and it was often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him the goal of the enemy is not to make you feel good the goal of the enemy is to destroy you not just kill you not just defeat you not just steal all your stuff but to destroy you so every temptation he sends feels good to you as it kills you slowly Mm. And so his goal was to destroy him, but you, but if you can do anything, look at the father. He has a little hope. He says, if you can do anything, 
have compassion on us and help us. And look at Jesus being Jesus. He says, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. I want to share this first point. In order for you to increase your capacity, you must first hear the word and believe it. I know it's not super deep. It's not really revelatory, but it is. That I came to minister to people today who deal with unbelief, who deal with doubt, who deal with fears, who deal with, can I make it? And if I can, how can God help? The man says, if you can do anything, Jesus, like, I mean, I know you did some miracles here and there, but if you can do anything for us, please have compassion, have mercy. And Jesus says, if I can, all things are possible for the one who believes. And look at the man. He was so transparent. He said, it says, immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe Help my unbelief. And if we be honest, we believe, but Lord, help me to overcome my doubt. Oh, okay. Okay. If we, now, I'm serious. If we're honest, there are some areas in our life that we're like, God, can you do this? Now, now, I know you made the world and you created the earth and you made us in your image. That's wonderful. But can you handle this? Like, I know you put the sun and stars and, and the moon and in their courses above and, you know, holy, holy, holy are you and you're sitting on your throne and your train fills the temple and everything is wonderful. But can you come into my situation and correct what has been disoriented, disjointed and dysfunctional? Can you help me get out of the rut that I put myself into? Because everything isn't the devil. Some of it is us. Now, sometimes we make foolish choices, but our choices have consequences. And though grace covers, it does not always eliminate the consequences. Hmm. And so from childhood, this, this boy was, was, was epileptic. This boy was dealing with these seizures and dealing with this deaf and dumb spirit. He couldn't talk. He couldn't hear. Uh, but, but the father, in a moment of decision, that he had to either decide that he believed God or he didn't, he decided to believe but also be transparent about the area that he wasn't sure. When are we going to be able to be that transparent with God to say, God, I believe you, but help me in my weakness? Help me when I don't fully understand how you're going to do it. The Lord didn't want you. Let me say this. Newsflash. The Lord doesn't necessarily give you how he's going to do it. He just wants you to believe that he's going to do it. And that's hard for us because we're analytical people. We have a day planner. We want to know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen, to the extent that it's going to happen. Where is it going to happen? Is it going to be on room 203? Is it going to be room 201? Is it going to be on First Street or is it going to be on Central? Is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? When is it going to be? I got my, I got my Google Maps color-coded. <laughs> I do have my Google Maps color-coded. <laughs> but so we want to see when God says, hear. Hear my word and believe it. We want to see how he's going to do his word. But we don't walk by sight. What does the scripture say? The scripture says we walk by faith and not by sight. 
God said, can you hear my word and believe me? Because if you can hear me and believe me, you'll see it. But if you don't hear me and believe me, you won't see it. We're trying to see it and then hear them and say, oh, God, thank you. We believe. We're like Thomas, if I don't see it, I don't believe it. And Jesus obliged Thomas and sometimes God obliges us. But even when he said to Thomas, OK, I need you to put your hands right there. Thomas was so embarrassed. He was so ashamed. But Jesus said, I need you to put your hands right here. Okay, Tom, okay, Thomas, you should put your hands on my side where they pierce me. And then after he did that, he's like, Lord, it's you. So he's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> but he said, blessed are those who don't see me and still believe. That's you and me. Because we won't see Jesus, but we believe in him. And that's hard for people to have faith that sees not with the natural eye, but with the eye of the spirit. And so you have this man that says, no, look, look, no, I believe, help my unbelief. I believe you, but help me to believe you more. This is what we're talking about, increased capacity. That God is trying to get us to believe him beyond what we're familiar with. I want to say to you, and I may get in trouble with this. God bless you, internet family. Uh, I, I may get in trouble with this, but I want to say this emphatically. God still works miracles. God still heals. He still delivers. He still provides. But only if we believe. Hebrews 11 and 6 says this. Like you, you can't please God without your faith. True. Because you have to believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Can I say this? You're using faith right now. You, my God, you all are up. Everybody in the room is operating in faith. Can, you, can I tell you how I know? Because you're sitting down on a pew that you did not inspect, did not make sure it was up to cold, didn't check to make sure there was no termite damage, didn't make sure there wasn't a weight limit. <laughs> we done got 15 people on this pew and, and we're going to try to squeeze one more. And no. But we believe that this pew will hold my weight. I want to say this because broken things have a tendency to let you, let you fall. But when something is solid and it's, and it's whole, that's what integrity is, wholeness, soundness. That if the integrity of this structure wasn't right, we couldn't be in here. Why? Because something may fall if it's broken. And so, and so God in Jesus is getting to the root of the problem. That from childhood, this child was introduced to this evil spirit that has him with the inability to speak, but even as important, if not more so, the inability to hear. So he can't hear, he can't speak. All he can do is see. But all he sees is his dysfunction. So help my unbelief. Verse 25, and when Jesus saw that the crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to you, mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. Let me ask you a question. When you get delivered this time, will you go back to what bound you? When you get free from the dark side of the internet, when you get free from that unhealthy relationship, when you get free from gluttony, overeating, 
when you get free from gossip and jealousy and lying and envy, will you go back? Lord, increase our capacity for more of you and less of the things that we try to fill our lives with. Because Jesus prayed not only that the spirit leave, but that he doesn't come back. So, guess what happened? It got worse. Oh, y'all didn't see that in the scripture? It says in verse 26, and after crying out and convulsing him, it came out, but the boy was left, looked like he was dead. Please, looks can be deceiving. So the father could have said, oh, Lord, Jesus, you done killed me. At least my son was alive when he was convulsing. Now the boy dead. You done prayed for me and he dead. Lord, have mercy. I ain't coming back to you for nothing else no more. <laughs> but that's not the end of the story. First of all, he only looked like he was dead. What in your life looks like it's dead, but it's not? You, you do know that we serve the God of the resurrection, so even if it is dead, but there are some things that look like they're dead. Now, there are some things that just need to be dead, buried, put a bomb on it and just destroy it, kill it. <laughs> That's why we crucify our flesh. We kill our flesh every day. But there are some things, some promises that look like they're dead. But they're not. And look what Jesus does. We're, we're, we're really almost finished. He takes him by the hand, lifts him up, and the, and the boy arose. And look at this. Verse 28. And when he had entered the house, that is Jesus, the disciples came to him privately. They didn't want to get shamed. They were like, um... Why couldn't we do that? He's like, because you don't have enough faith. All the time that you've spent with me, you obviously haven't spent enough. Because your capacity to handle this wasn't right. You didn't have enough capacity. So you need to spend some more time in prayer and in fasting. And fasting is uncomfortable to our body, but it's good for our spirit. Because it gets us closer to God. And it builds our faith. Ooh, boy, I didn't get a whole lot of amens on that. Uh, that's all right. I don't like fasting. But it's beneficial. Because it builds us up. It increases our capacity. So, first we must hear the word and believe it. So we must perceive what God is saying. Secondly, we must prepare. If God has given you a promise, I gave the analogy... I gave the analogy last time, and I'll give a new one this time. If God has given you a promise that he is going to pay for your entire education, why are you not looking for schools? You're just sitting around, Lord, I'm going to pay for my education. But you're not looking for your schools. You're not asking the Lord, okay, what degree do you want me to go to? What school do you want me to go to? What professors do you want me to be mentored by? But God gave you a promise, but you have to do the preparation. And the first thing you must do is clear out all the clutter that clouds your mind. Everything that tries to say, oh, you can't do this. Oh, you don't have the money. The Lord didn't ask you if you had the money. The Lord didn't ask you if you could do it. The Lord just gave you a word. And after you get a word, your expectation is, God, you're going to perform it. So I'm just I'm going to do what I do because you're going to do what you do. Mm -hmm. And so God gives us a word. We, we perceive it. We hear it. And it's interesting, perceive is really, a lot of times it's, it, it, it's, it goes with eyesight, but it also goes with hearing. 
then we prepare. We get our things in order and we say, God, okay, I'm going back to school. Buy us a dictionary or something, you know, thesaurus. And then we praise. So you hear God, you perceive him, you prepare, and you praise. Because praise is a lot of things. It's, oh, it's your weapon. Oh, that, that's wonderful. That's great. That is true. But it also is indicative of where your faith is. Because when you praise God on credit, that means you trust that his credit's good. That his, that his check is not going to bounce. That if God writes something and says, this is what's going to happen, God, I praise you. I rejoice. I thank you. God, I thank you for your promise. I thank you for your word. I honor you. God, I thank you for making a way. I thank you for opening doors. I thank you for showing me how to live and how to be. God, I thank you for my new house. I thank you for the carpet or the hardwood floor. I thank you for the double doors and the brick. And I thank you for the two stories and the five bedrooms paid off in full, not in 20 years. Because what praise does, it, it builds your faith. It says, God, I really believe. God, I really believe you. God, I believe you that I'm going to be a millionaire. I believe you that I'm going to be a PhD. I believe you that I'm going to be a doctor. I believe you that I'm going to be a great mom. I believe you. It don't matter what I see right now. I believe you. So I thank you in advance because you're good to me and you're wonderful. It changes your atmosphere and it creates a place where you can keep on believing. And the last thing is this. When it gets worse... And say if, because the sooner you get to your breakthrough, it tends to get a little worse. Because the enemy wants to distract you. But when it gets worse, you persevere. You, you push, you, you pray until the seed of the word happens. Because when God speaks, he plants a seed in our hearts. And it is like An expectant mother who, though she cannot see her child, she believes. And she, so she does everything in preparation for what she's expecting. So the question for me to ask you is this, what are you expecting? And is it on the level of what God wants you to be expecting? My prayer for you is this, that the Lord would increase your capacity, that you would believe him beyond where you are, that you would trust him more, that even if you just take a step of faith, you know, everybody talking about leaps of faith, man, some of us, I just need to take a step, like, in the right direction. And so, Lord, my prayer today is this. We're done. My prayer today is this. That you would increase our capacity. Our capacity to trust you, to believe you. That we would move from unbelief to belief. Which does not mean we have to have all the answers we just need to know who does. My prayer today is that what you have done in your glory 
that you will continue to do in us. If, if you do, do me a favor, if you need, and you could do this at your seat, if you need the Lord to increase you, just, just lift your hands. I just want to. Now, if you don't need it, that's fine. This is not, no compulsion. But if you're like, God, I feel like there's more, but I just feel like my faith is so limited. I feel like there's more for me, but I feel like, yeah. So, Father, you see the hands lifted. Lord, faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. So my prayer is that they would get in your word so to where your word becomes more of a reality and then their daily life. That they would feed their faith with the bread of life, which is your word. They would spend such time in your presence that you would become more real to them than anything. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for every hand lifted that you would increase their capacity. Now I want to warn you, this just come with some opposition. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. This does come with some stretch marks because when God increases you, he stretches you out beyond where you currently are. But you're stretched so you can show other people how to be stretched. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for every person that needs to be increased in their capacity. They need to believe you on a whole new level. That they need to trust you on a whole new level. That you would do it for them now in the name of Jesus. That when they go to doubt, they say, "Uh uh-uh, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Help that part of me that wants to be so heady and so analytical that I, I overthink and underperform. It's not bad to think. You give us a mind. You want us to use it. But when it comes to issues of faith, things will not make sense. But that does not mean you have not said it. So, Lord, we thank you that it was a statistical improbability for you to take two fish and five loaves and feed 5,000 men, let alone the women and children. But you did it. You're the God that can put your super on our natural and work wonderful things. So my prayer is now that you would increase our capacity, that we would grow beyond where we are, that we would be the blessing to the world that we are called to be. In Jesus' name, amen.